I'm Sandra Hayes Buckley and you are listening to the Mind Your Mind podcast, a podcast that delves into what minding your mind means to different people, what self-care looks like in their lives and why minding their minds is so important to them. I hope you enjoy. On this week's episode, I am joined by Keith Russell. Keith is a mental health advocate and is creator and podcast host of The Endless Spiral. During our chat, we discussed eating disorders and body dysmorphia and Keith's own experience of these and what he would like other people to understand about eating disorders. Keith, you are so welcome to the Mind Your Mind podcast. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. Eventually, when I eventually (laughs) woke up and got here. (laughs) Sorry. Um, So for any of our listeners who are not familiar with yourself, could you give us an introduction into who you are and what you're all about? Yeah, um, my name is Keith Russell. Um, I suppose maybe I might be a little bit better known for um, The Endless Spiral, which is a podcast blog and it's actually now a community, which obviously doesn't define me, but I just thought I'd mention that first because maybe that's, when people hear my name, maybe that's probably where they know me most from. Um, but I'm obviously a mental health advocate, um, probably more towards eating disorders and body image issues because they're the, probably the two things that are probably closest to me and something that I've lived with for quite a long time. Um, I quite, I do a lot of, um, I, I try and inspire, maybe inspire, I would encourage men to open up a lot. And that's not to say like my, my podcast blog and everything is all like it's 50-50. Like I actually went through the guests on you recently and it's actually 50-50 between men and women on my podcast. But I think when I do stuff, my own stuff, like the, I offer my podcast up to the guests, just like you do, Sandra. So, like, the mm-hmm. you know, the episode's not about you. It's about the guest. Um, And my blog is kind of like I started the blog for me, but the blog kind of turned into more for other people to share their stories up on. Um, but when I'm doing talks or if I'm doing whatever, it's obviously I kind of try and inspire men to open up and share their stories because obviously I bottled things up for a long, long time, and I know how I know how lonely and depilating and um, it just sad is probably the easiest word to use when it comes to that. So mm-hmm. yeah, if I can help even just one person, I will. So yeah, that's kind of I suppose me in a nutshell. Yeah. And you mentioned there that, you know, you're hoping to inspire and encourage other people to talk about, you know, their own mental struggles and, and all the rest of it. And why is that so important to you, I suppose, given the, the struggles that you've had? And um, I suppose you mentioned there as well that you bottled it up for a long time yourself. So why is it important to you to look after that side of things, but also to encourage others to open up? Um, I suppose because I now see the difference between bottling things up and feeling very lonely and opening up and sharing and the the difference is just on another level completely now when i say you open up i'm not telling people go out start a podcast go out and i'm not that's not what i mean it's not for everybody i kind of nearly well i wanted to do a podcast well i just wanted to do a podcast with sport originally and it just kind of happened but like for me, when I ask, you know, try and encourage people to open up, it's just hope, like, find, you know, like someone that's close to you, mental health professional, friend, someone trusted, whatever it is, just don't bottle it up inside you. And I now see the difference that that can have on your life. 
like I know sometimes it sounds a little bit cheesy and a bit of a cliche, but like my eyes are open now. They weren't before. Like I always use the analogy where, and it's kind of an analogy, but it's also kind of true. Like I used, I used to hide in the shadows for so long because mm -hmm. I didn't want to go out anywhere. I didn't want to do anything. I had just this so deep hatred for myself. I didn't want to go out anywhere. I didn't want to be around people. And now like I have this kind of just a different um feeling on life or this different passion for life that I'm a different person in myself. I'm a different person around my kids. I'm a different person. Like I'm more present, if you know what I mean. And, mm -hmm. and I actually remember things now. Like, I mean, so many things, so many people probably be able to say, you know, to kind of um kind of understand is that you you it's like tra trauma you you hide it away or you bottle it away or you block it out mm -hmm. where now I'm like I don't block it out anything if it's good amazing if it's bad well let's just try and learn from that either way you try and take a positive it positive takeaway from it and I just that's what I, I try and get across to other people is that like you know when you're like in that dark place nothing is positive and you don't see anything and you've only got one shot at this life and life is short again they're all lines that sound like you know, he's just reading the back of a hallmark card but when you actually get out of that headspace they are actually true like people wrote those for a reason okay to make money on a card but they are genuinely true as well do you know what I mean like if I spend time with my kids now I'm there, I'm present, they benefit from it so much more, I benefit from it, you know, like, it's just, I suppose some, like, when, when I look back, I feel I lost so much of my life, like, my teens, 20s, and 30s, like, I feel I just lost them completely, I was there, wasn't really present, but was there, don't remember half of and anything I remember is probably just negative anyway. And what, yeah. why live your life like that when you don't have to? You, like, you don't have to live your life like that. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. And I think you touched on something there that, you know, you feel like you're a different person now, but you probably suppressed your, your true authentic, authentic self for so mm. long yeah. that now you're just living, you know, your your best self your your most real self because of the fact that you do open up about all these things that you bottled up and a counselor once said to me and it always sticks in my head what you resist persists so yeah. the thing that you're like fighting against like it's going to keep going until you actually kind of face it and deal with it yeah yeah amazingly what these counselors can say sometimes they actually know what they're talking about don't they? <laughs> sometimes sometimes uh, but like, sometimes. <laughs> yeah I think I think like it's something that that's one of the things that has really stuck with me because like like that now I was very much the same bottle things up hide it from everyone like for ages I used to like think that I was hiding it from my husband I used to go into the bathroom lock myself in there and like have my panic attack in peace <laughs> and or the other thing I used to do was run outside and out by the boiler house as um our boiler house out the back mm. um have my panic attacks out there because I didn't want anyone to see, I didn't want anyone, you know, because it was purely that I wanted to hide it. I, there's nothing wrong with me. Mm. I'm just having this thing going on. And it went on for ages before I actually mm. 
put my hand up. And like, I think there's an awful lot of people out there who do that sort of thing, who, you know, like, oh no, there's nothing wrong. I'm grand. I'm fine. Mm. And, you know. Were you hiding it away from, sorry, I'm going into my own podcast mode here now. (laughs) Were Were you hiding it from yourself or were you hiding it from other people? Um, I think both. Um, yeah. And I think, like, I've spoken to a few people about this, and I think that kind of resonated with a lot of people that it was kind of like you're kind of fool- you're trying to fool yourself and everybody else, but actually you're fool- you're probably fooling nobody because, yeah. No, yeah. like, the thing is, if you're fighting against like what's going on inside you, like, you know, your body is going to what what's that thing? Your body knows the score. Your body's going to show that you're tense or you're, you know, whatever it is. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I used to get back pain. I still get back pain so much now. That the, and the doctor and my therapist told me that's where I hold all my tension. Mm. Like, you know, like you're, you, you <laughs> and I got you scared and I still get headaches. And it's, again, it's tension headaches. Mm. Like you can yeah. bottle it away for as, as long as you like. Mm-hmm. But. It's just, as you said, it's just not gonna go away. It doesn't go away. Like I mean, it never goes away. And they actually admit that there's actually something. I'm not even gonna say wrong, but there's something there in the background that you need to deal with. You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and and like you just said there, it's not that you're wrong, and or that you're something that needs to be fixed because. I like and I put up a reel actually about this last week on my page. Mental health is not something to be fixed. You are not something to be fixed. Mental health is a spectrum and it's just that, you know, you might be leaning more towards the the illness Mm. side of things. The same Mm. way your your physical health is. Like you're never going to go to a doctor and they go like, Okay, you're cured now, go away. You're fixed forever. See you later. Yeah. Same thing with your mental health. I mean, I had a conversation on you know, one of the radio stations last week because they called me and they were, it was about um the difference. Well, actually, what it was is it started off and this is kind of just ties into what you're saying is that um it started off the kind of the main topic was about people kind of using social media to self-diagnose themselves, which is obviously wrong. But the conversation started to turn into something you're saying where it was like the difference between mental health and mental illness. Do you know what I mean? And so you can get these people saying, do this, do that, and do this. But I might give you, an, uh, it might help you to have a mental health day, but it doesn't cure your mental illness. Mm-hmm. It doesn't go away. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I think that's yeah. quite important as well to, for people to realize is that you might have a bad mental health day and you can get over that doing these maybe short term fixes. Yeah. But it doesn't cure your mental illness. And Again, just something you said there a minute ago was that I actually know this person, and I on Facebook last week he had a post up. Um, get fixed in five days or something like that, and I swear to God, I looked at it and I'm like, and I won't even say his name. I do know him. I'm like, what? I'm. Can I swear on this podcast? Yes, you can if you want. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck am I reading here? Mm. Get fixed in five days. I was like, are you just insinuating people are broken? And in five days? Are yeah. you serious? It's just that uh, easy. It's just, some, it's just, a, just the social media. I know we're probably getting into yeah. the, so, some of the social media stuff that people are so targeted. Mm. And this is what the conversation led on to on the thing I was doing. Some of the content is so targeted. Mm-hmm. Got people mm-hmm. like that trying to jump on the bandwagon thinking get fixed in five days and i swear to god i saw that and i was like my blood was boiling i was like oh sweet and i know this guy i'm like mm-hmm. the fuck like i mean yeah and like if it was that easy 
like we'd all we'd all be you know we'd all be per, you know perfect we'd all have perfect mental health but it's not like the, the reality is it's not like you're not something to be fixed you're not a broken person because yeah. you have a mental health difficulty or a mental illness or whatever it might be and i think that's a really important mes- message to get out there because there is this like fixation on like oh well we'll just fix that and you'll like, be fine is he saying to me that like and let's face it we all know that usually when you have mental health struggles it comes from trauma that has been there in your in your childhood is he telling me that in five days he's going to fix my childhood trauma and also fix my body issues and also going to fix my anxiety and also going to fix my my um unhealthy issues with food is he like i mean like are you actually kidding me with that stuff Mm. it's just so annoying like you know and i think that's probably why and i love looking at your stuff as well it's like and because your this podcast is, is so similar to mine, where it's like it's real authentic and it's just a flowing conversation. You're not pushing yeah. any ideal ideas onto people. Mm-hmm. You know, you're just trying to inform and give maybe your point of view on things, and people can res- resonate so much more with that because people don't want to be told they're broken. They don't want people shoving stuff down their throat saying, "Do these five things and you'll be great." I'm like. And then, because then they do them, and then they're not great, and then, it, yeah. then you feel worse after that. And I'm like, oh god! Yeah, anyway, going into rant mode here. It's just when I saw that <laughs> post, I was like, oh jeez. Yeah. Anyway. But it's such it's such a flippant, um, I, I suppose, like idea of that, like, oh, it's, sure, it can just be fixed in the in like in the work week. We'll just we'll have it. We'll start on Monday. We'll be finished by Friday at, at five o'clock, and it'll be grand. Yeah, like, your mental health is only is only nine to five anyway. It's crap. Yeah, like it's only like you know, as if it's some sort of a work project. We'll we'll do it between you know Monday to Friday. We'll have it done by Friday before we finish up for the weekend. And yeah, yeah finish <laughs> up for the weekend. Yeah, you'd be grand at the weekend. Yeah, like it's like you said. Like there are such there's such a spectrum of mental health issues mm-hmm. out there as well. Like it's not just anxiety and depression. They're the ones that get the you know kind of the big airtime. But like mm. you said, like there's eating disorders there's you know there's a whole other spectrum of stuff that like are they saying that they can fix everything like we're anything at all like once is if it's to do with your mental health i'll just fix you and like that's it i think it's such a flippant way and it's so dismissive of the struggles and the trauma and the pain that people have gone through for years and years and years mm. going, well i can just i can just sort that there in, yeah. in a couple of days yeah, and that word you used, dismissive, came up in that conversation I was having as well, and actually came from I think he was a psychologist or one of them anyway. He said mm-hmm. that exactly, so, so dismissive as well. You know, mm-hmm. it's just it's and it's just demoralizing and debilitating for people as well. I mean, I, I was with someone there, dude. It was it yesterday, the day before, and they were like, something came up, and they were and like, and I really bothered them. I'm like, well, just mute it, just delete the account, just don't follow it. Like, they're not going to be annoyed with you. Like, just get rid of it. And that's what I, I do on mine. Like, I know you can get targeted stuff and all that type of stuff, but at least you can only do your best and you can try it. And I, like, just, I filtered out all the stuff off my, all my social media that I don't want to see. And a lot of time now is I'll just post and I want to look. And then some people say, oh, you need, you need, like, <laughs> you're never looking at my stories or you're never liking them. I was like, I don't look at them because I don't look at anyone's really. Like, mm. I post something, I very, very rarely will scroll down on my Instagram. Yeah. Or whatever, I literally just post my stuff. Hopefully, and I'll engage in comments and whatever. But I very rarely scroll across people's stories or whatever. I very rarely do that because 
it's just not that relevant to me now i obviously if your friends and stuff is different but you know what i mean all these accounts and yeah. i just don't bother i'm just like i just don't need it yeah and for some people that can be kind of triggering you know if you come across something that is it's triggering, you know, yeah you know if you if if you're having a, a certain struggle going on in your life and there's something that like that i'll fix you in five days if that comes up that can be hugely triggering well oh my god if i can be fixed in five days why have i had 30 years of yeah of, of this or you know whatever yeah. it could be like and that and point also came up as well sorry Sandra, that yeah. point also came up is that the people are targeting because they know that some people are in that mindset where they're, they're more they're more susceptible to be able to to fall for these things because they're not in the right mindset so yeah no you're exactly right yeah and i know you talked about the the body um dysmorphia as well you've spoken about that quite a lot and i suppose I think that eating disorders are really like they're not understood no. by people. And what would you like people to understand about body dysmorphia? But body dysmorphia. Um yeah. I think the, the a lot of the questions I get asked is kind of like where do you draw the line? So say like, oh everyone everyone can have a day where they don't like the way they look. Everyone can look in the mirror. That's not it. It's not mm. it. It's like it's when it controls your entire life and it's daily. So I would like just I just like more education towards it where it's not, as you used the word a minute ago, being dismissive. It can be quite dismissive. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like, um, I was asked a question recently, did you have mirrors in your house? It made no difference if I have mirrors. And the thing is, is that I, I, Okay, the other part of your question was like, well, if you go past shop windows, would you just not look in them? It's the opposite. Mm-hmm. I look in every single, well, I used to look in every single one of them because you want validation to to feel that you don't like yourself. So you're, you're looking for a reflection. Go see, there you go. Horrible. Mm-hmm. Told you. Do you know what I mean? So it's, yeah. it's, it's when it takes over your entire life. You know, mm-hmm. I think ne- ne- the way I am now, right, is... I have a much more healthy relationship with myself now. So now it would be a healthy criticism, say, you know, like you, anything, you know, like you might try something on. Ah, that doesn't really, I don't really look good in that today. I'll just change it. Where before I'd be like, oh, anything I put on, it's mm. just going to be wrong. So it's just trying to change your mindset and be a little bit more rational about it. And I think that's another part thing is that everything and I'm just speaking for myself now because there's lots of different things with body dysmorphia, like mm-hmm. muscle dysmorphia, and they call it bigorexia. There's all these different things. But for me, it was just, it's just been a bit more rational about it now, you know, and mm-hmm. and say, look, it's just genetics. It's, you know, it's not, doesn't have to be the end of the world. It really doesn't have to ruin your entire life. Anyone could say anything to me before, I wouldn't have believed them. Um, I would cry myself to sleep so many nights because I just didn't like myself. And like I probably heard me saying this before, but I would go from my top to to, to my bottom and I would list all the things I didn't like <clears throat> about myself. And that's when it starts obviously becoming very unhealthy. And that's when people, you know, like, well, what's the difference between oh, not liking yourself and or not having a bad day? That's when it becomes body mm. dysmorphia is when yeah. it's controlling your entire life do you know mm-hmm. what i mean i didn't like so many aspects about myself and then and again it and this is another bit of education and like people understand is 
it's not about your weight. It can be. It can be. Of course it can. It's not necessarily about your weight. It can be. Um, it's about your shape. And yeah. also affects men as well. It's probably the biggest part of it as well. Yeah. A lot of things. I think, and I think, especially for me, and then again, a lot of questions like ask, like, well, you know, you don't look like you'd ever have a problem with how you look. You don't look like you'd have that type of problem. I'm like, it doesn't matter. It's all in your head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyone can tell you anything, but if you don't believe it, it yeah. makes no difference. And then catching it early which I didn't because I bottled things up. So I think that's quite important as well, you know, to educate people in that. It's not just about weight. It's not a female thing. It can happen to anyone. So in other words, you might not like your nose. You might not like your chin. You might not like your ears. I didn't like my, my wrists. So irrational things. Mm-hmm. I didn't like my hairline. I, I, I didn't like my shadow, like the silhouette of my shadow on the ground. I didn't want to look at it. Mm-hmm. So that's when the body dysmorphia comes in comes in really it's when it starts to control your entire life yeah and you you said something there as well like that people have said you know you don't look like you would Mm. have that or you would think like that or whatever but Mm. like and I've actually I've talked about this previously but like you can't you can't tell by looking at someone whether they will suffer with a mental illness or not yes you can look at someone and go okay they have a broken leg they have something wrong with them physically but you can't Mm. look at someone and go Oh, I know what's going on inside your head. Yeah, but see that. Yeah, well, I think with people, when I mention body dysmorphia or body dysmorphic disorder, I think people don't realize it actually is a mental health condition. Like it's closely mm-hmm. related to anxiety. And I think people think that, and I don't think I know this because some of have been said to me, but they're like, um, oh, you just, you just, you just want to be better looking or, you just want to lose a few pounds mm-hmm. and don't think it's a mental health condition. Mm-hmm. I'm like, it's nothing to do with that. It's nothing to do with that. It's trauma from your past mm-hmm. has affected you up until now. Like I've got into great shape unhealthily as in getting completely obsessed with food and exercise. And it doesn't mm-hmm. last. It doesn't because you're not in that mindset to be able to, embrace that you're doing it for the wrong reason so as i always say i would exercise and eat because i wanted to affect how i looked or yeah. now i do it to affect how i feel mm-hmm. and if i feel i look a bit better it's just a byproduct of it mm-hmm. but it's not the reason why i'm doing it you know yeah. what i mean and again when i say about i don't look like because i like i live a binge eating disorder for a long long time and and that still kind of affects me now. And what I mean is I don't look like I said, I think I had this conversation on my own podcast in the last episode with Andre and she was saying that like, and she's right. It's like she's, the media have a lot to be accountable for this because when they usually, when they talk about body issue images or body issue struggles or food issues or beating disorders, it's a young adolescent girl, very malnourished, very thin. And if you feel that you don't, meet that criteria which mm-hmm. i didn't and i don't obviously i'm not a young girl you know so mm-hmm. it, it you feel like you're not going to be believed and that then again that's where the stigma comes into it as well which is another reason why i took me so long to talk about is that you just mm-hmm. feel you're not going to be believed mm-hmm. and then when people say to you you don't look like you ever had a problem I'm like fucking hell it's like yeah you know it's 
it just doesn't help the situation at all. Yeah, definitely. And I think like you mentioned it there, like people don't think of eating disorders as being a mental illness, but they are. And, like you know, it's been proven that actually they're the most dangerous mental illness out there that, you know, mm-hmm. the percentage wise, um, more people that are suffer with mental or that suffer with eating disorders, you know, die as a result of them. They are the, the most fatal of mental illnesses. So, like, I think, like you said, the media has a lot to answer for. And like TV shows, movies, you know, it they always showed an eating disorder was always either a young one sticking her fingers down her throat and throwing up her dinner or mm. really, really, really skinny, skin and bone, you know, ribs showing all the rest of it. And it, but it was always a girl and it was always a young girl. And mm. it was never anyone who was of any other different shape, weight, sex, you know, whatever. And I like I yeah. think that's why there's a lot of misunderstanding about it. Because I like I'll be honest with when I was a teenager, that was my perception of it because that's what I was being presented with in the yeah. media. Mm-hmm. And that's what I believe that okay, that this is something that affects teenage girls, <laughs> you know? And it was yeah. only when like you know, during my twenties and, and now into my thirties, that I have kind of understood that actually this is a, a mental illness, and you know, like it is an act. There are actual mental illnesses that you know, it's not just that people want to look skinny, and because that is what the perception that's out there, you know, and mm, yeah, I don't know if it's any better for the teenagers that are coming up along now. Is there any better understanding of what it actually is? Um, I don't know. Well, it is a little bit better, I suppose. I mean, like, like I said, my friend Andrea, who was chatting recently, she goes mm-hmm. in and does talks to schools, um, and she tries to educate them in, um, like kind of their embracing their body and uh, you know having better body image positivity, and she talks about food and stuff, and it is a little bit better. But it's not great. I mean, if I like, I had like I said, I had a chat with um Mary Butler only recently, and uh, like she was saying, it's just so much more to be done because even she feels like that the the system is so fragmented. Where you know, when you move from say childhood to adolescent, and then adolescent to sort of young adulthood to mm-hmm you know adult at then there's a very fragmented system there and and she said it's all a lot of you not know, on paperwork as well and even trying to get all that paperwork to the next um team that you're sent to if you can even get into a team because the system or the, the waiting list is so long mm-hmm. is so it's just so fragmented and it's so can be so overwhelming for the staff obviously for the person involved but for the staff as well and I've heard such so many horror stories. I had a blog on you recently from Amy, and if you read her, her daughter, Jesus, Mary and Joseph, my heart was broken just reading the mm-hmm. the story, the the lack of help and support she couldn't get, the mm-hmm. amount of school she missed, the amount of hospital admission she was in, and that is so traumatizing for a child, let alone the, what she's already gone through with food. Mm-hmm. Like, I think the education is getting better, but the services aren't. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah. as Mary was saying to me, just trying to get staff 
is so hard. There's just mm-hmm. not enough staff to go around. And then some people don't want to work for the HSE for that because they know that the reputation is so bad that mm-hmm. they don't want to work for them because they're like, are they going to get harassed? Are they going to get abused? I don't know. She, she didn't say that. I'm just paraphrasing. This is just my yeah. opinion. But like, you know, it's just like sometimes you feel like, where is it going to end? Mm-hmm. No matter how much goodness and how much, you know, plans that people have, mm-hmm. it's always feels like it's not enough. Like I know Amy is um organizing protests on that recently. I think over in Dublin and a few other places as well, just to try and kind of reform mm-hmm. some of the help that's out there. But Jesus, it's like yeah, it's it's the yeah. moment. Yeah, it's a minefield. And like like what you said there, the system is so broken that people don't want to come in because I suppose it seems like needle in a haystack stuff. Like how how are how is one person going to help? So, you know, there is that kind of feeling that, you know, and obviously there are other things at play as well. There's contracts and all of those other things that ha- ha- are happening in the health service. But I, I don't know how it's going to be fixed. I, I At the moment, I can't see a way myself. And like you're saying, it's it's... Like it needs to be reformed, but what reform looks like, I I don't know. Um, mm. but I can like what you're saying. It is so fragmented because obviously there's one service for kids, and then there's a different service, and you know, and mm. it's kind of there's no kind of streamlining there. So it's it's a lot no. of kind of being passed along the line, and you know that can be incredibly difficult for families. Even and as you said, getting into the system in the first place is probably one of the biggest challenges that are out there yeah i had another conversation with someone the other day and it was it wasn't about eating disorders it was about kind of like autism and adhd and these there were years just trying to get help and then they're sent to these groups and if you don't go to these groups which are kind of not great anyway you're nearly mm-hmm. past at the end of the line and then and then what happened was she was saying is like you go on this waiting list to get to a point but by the time that you you've got to that waiting list and your child has got older they're now being moved to another team mm-hmm. on another waiting list to the bottom of that one. So you wait yeah. till you get to the top of the one, then you're sent to the bottom of another one. Your child is getting worse. Mm-hmm. It's not, oh my God, it's just, it's so bad. It's so yeah. bad. I mean, it's really, really just, I don't know. I don't know. It's it, what, what, what words can you use? It's just mm. not, it's really not great. No, it's it's very demoralizing for for mm. parents as well, like parents in particular who are fighting for their children as much as they can. And you know, I've seen posts people just desperate for help on on Facebook, going, you know, like we've been on the list for years, but like there's, you know, this is an emergency, and what do we do? And you know, mm. like everyone's kind of saying the same thing that like there's not much that can be done about it. Like you can't speed up that list. So I don't know. There is reform needed, and and like that's across. The whole mental health spectrum I think you know not just yeah. like you said not just eating disorders across everything um there yeah. but um, yeah. I don't know if, if we'll see it anytime soon but hopefully um hopefully there will be because I think mm. there's there's better awareness of what mental health is now I think like well, awareness is much better to, yeah to, you know and, and I think like it just needs to speed like the progress within the actual health service just needs to speed up to catch up with the awareness and the and the kind of 
mm. I suppose the willingness of people to actually ask for help now much more than what was before because you know and like we obviously would have grown up same era you know there was a lot of talk of like oh her nerves are at her or oh he's, mm. he's just you yeah. know oh, he's he's just a bit you know there's just something wrong there or whatever and that was kind of the way that mental health was talked about like back yeah. 20 30 years ago so like we've come a long mm. way from there but it's just that everything else needs to catch up I think. Oh yeah, it's a it's a hundred percent a generational thing. Of course it is. I mean, and you hope the generation after us, you know, it, it's a bit better for them as well. But like, mm-hmm. and like the awareness is amazing, and let's not ever forget that. But mm-hmm. the recruitment for the staff, from what I was told, seems to be the main issues. You can have as much funding as you like, yeah. But if you can't get the staff to come in and do the work. Like yeah. I know Mary was saying to me, and I can't remember, she's a brilliant with all these numbers and I don't remember any of them, but like she was listening all you know, for like even a CAMS team, you've got this person, that person. Like it's not just like it's a group, it's a team of people. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. trying to get all those people in and then mm-hmm. to do it again and again and again and again. And the recruitment seems to be just one of the most frustrating part of it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, and funding doesn't just solve it because it's like you have to be able to allocate the funding to the proper things. Yep. But then if you can't get the staff in to do the work, where's the fun? Like it's just yeah, it's so. Go- it's like just, where's the yeah. funding going? Yeah. Like are they just throwing money at the wall and hoping it sticks? Um. You know. Yeah. Um, I mean, in all fairness, I sorry, I I I went to the um shared a vision um conference that um Mary Buller and um oh my what's his name? It's a minister for health. Simon Connolly. Simon, Simon yeah. Donnelly. Stephen Donnelly. Stephen Jesus Steve Connolly. I haven't woken up yet. I will eventually. Um and he was there when it was a conference and there was certain people there and they were going through all of this and all of this came up. All of this came up and it all got talked about in detail. And it's great that they do that and some amazing stuff was said and speakers. But at the end of the day, if they can't get the staff in, to me, all of that is irrelevant mm-hmm. because you can have all the plans they want. They can have all the, we're going to set this up. We're going to create this new team. We're going to get this and we're going to get that. And I'm like, well, who the hell is going to work in these spaces? Because it's what yeah. I'm, I'm being told is like they can't get the staff in to do it. Yeah. Yeah. So, and- and like a lot of like that, what we were saying, like, you know, it is needle in a haystack. So for some people, it is like, I, I, I won't solve anything. Like if I go, I'm only one person, I won't solve. But then the other side of it is, you know, and we hear about this all the time, the contracts, the you know, all of these issues. And it's, mm. though, you know, like, like you said, it's the recruitment side of things needs to actually be solved. So it's those issues. If those got resolved or somewhere closer to being better conditions for the people who will be working in there then you can have your pro- your projects or your teams and or whatever it is actually staffed to do the yeah. work that you're hoping to do so you know like mm. sometimes it feels like there's a lot of focus on you know like there's loads of focus on stuff but it's not on the right stuff <laughs> and like i think yeah yeah like 
I don't know if reform will ever come. I don't know if they will ever resolve the health service. Like it's above my remit anyway. But um, but yeah, I I I don't know. Um, the mental health side of things, I think, is in need of massive change. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> understatement as well isn't it yeah but look look i'm not very political i i'm luckily enough to have a bit of a relationship with mary Waller. I'm, I'm i'm it's great and i, I actually think she's, she's doing an amazing job all that type of stuff and but i'm not very political and i always try and stay away from all of that because mm. for me i try and when i you know i try and just speak to people at a human level and yeah. try not get too political about it because it's overwhelming enough mm. so i always Absolutely, just like yeah. if i'm my like if, if i'm doing something or if i'm in an interview or if i'm writing a blog or whatever i'm doing i very rarely ever mention services and funding and reform and all that type of stuff mm. because it, it's so overwhelming and it's not ignoring yeah. it certainly not mm. ignoring it there's plenty of people out there who are like doing a great job and i let them do that yeah, I think there's a place for everyone to have their own little kind of um their own I suppose little niche and own little place. And for me, mm-hmm. I prefer to try and maybe encourage people to open up mm-hmm. on an individual basis rather than worry about all of that type of stuff. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's not very yeah, absolutely at all. No. It's more just. It's so overwhelming, all that stuff. And if someone can see someone else just going, look, I'm going through it too. We're doing our best. You know, you, you know what I mean? It's, yeah. I think it just it, it just relieves the, the, the stress a little bit, I hope. Yeah, like like I said, like for me, I can see that there's an issue there. And like, but like I said, it's above my remit. It's not something that I'm going to solve because it's a minefield. I don't know the ins and outs of, Mm. all of the stuff i know there's red tape there i know there's you know stuff going on in the background but like i'm not privy to it so like you said like it's about giving a voice to people as well and like that's what you do through your blog and through your your uh, podcast you know you allow people to speak to their situation and their own i suppose experience of it or, or whatever it might be yeah exactly i mean look i'm not actually look i have i have it here i can't even find it I have a um, that she gave to me a, a sharing division book. I mean, I don't think many people have this, and I it's about that thick, and it's yeah. so much in it. And I'm like, I even tried reading it one day, and I'm like, oh my god, yeah. it's like I can't even get through this. So mm-hmm. I was like, I just put there somewhere. I just put it to one yeah. side, and I'm like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going there. Mm-hmm. I'm not yeah. going into that, and I'm not going to start going on about stuff and that because I'm like. I can't. It's a, it's just no point. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean no yeah, point, no but point. it's just as like I said, there's enough people out there who are good at that and will understand all of that better. And like I said, for you and for me, I'm like I'm happy to just share my own experience and hopefully encourage people on an individual basis to just feel a little bit better and feel a bit encouraged and open up a little bit if they can. And that's mm-hmm. you know, I'm happy to do that. Very good. And I suppose moving away from that, what do you do to look after yourself? I suppose, what does self-care look like to you? But also when you're struggling, what are the things that you do in order to look after your mental well-being? 
Um, oh, well, one thing I've actually started doing recently, and this probably sounds quite, probably loads of people do this, and I just wasn't. This is practice gratitude. It's it's amazing, like you know, like when you're feeling that in that space, and I, I just, I just just say to myself, I'm grateful for having my health. I'm grateful for having good people around me that are quite supportive. I'm grateful for having three beautiful children uh, who they adore me. I adore them. I'm grateful for sitting here doing it. Like I'm grateful for so many things mm-hmm. and that might sound a bit simplistic to other people, but when you're being in a negative headspace for so, so long mm-hmm. to even be able to do that to me is quite empowering. So I do that quite a lot. Um, another thing I will do is if I'm struggling is um, I I kind of try and break down my days into small tasks. So I try not get too overwhelmed with everything. So I'm already feeling overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. So what I'll do is I'll say to myself, look, I just I get up and get dressed. That might mm-hmm. sound so simplistic to some people. Trust me, if you if you feel like that you know what I'm talking about yeah. and there's a difference and here's another thing going back to what we were talking about earlier there's a difference between feeling anxious and and living with anxiety if you live with anxiety you will know the difference trust me you will know the difference of feeling anxious someone's like oh I miss I'm sorry I shouldn't have done that voice because it makes a sound but like oh I miss my bus I'm feeling so anxious I'm like mm, yeah okay yeah. But if you really live in with generalized anxiety disorder or whatever you have, trust me, you know the difference. So mm-hmm. even just getting up and getting dressed, go downstairs, make a coffee, job done. Mm-hmm. And actually be grateful for that and praise yourself. And and, and I, I actually I embrace it as well. I embrace the day. Mm-hmm. I just say to myself, look, I'm having a bad day, maybe two days. I'm just going to go with it. I'm not going to try and do too much. Because if you try to do too much, you're going to feel overwhelmed. You're going to berate yourself. You're going to feel worse. So I'm going to do a couple of jobs. I might just go out for a little walk. And this is what I was talking about earlier on about the difference between mental health and mental illness. Mm-hmm. I know I have a mental illness, but what I have, I'm trying to just have a few good mental health days. Mm-hmm. I'll try and go out for a little bit of a walk. I'll try and eat healthy. I'll try and have something small because for me, I had live with binge eating sort of for so long it's so easy mm-hmm. for me to go I'm just gonna eat a load of crap and just try and emotionally I try not do that now mm-hmm. and I do you know what the, and, and here's one thing what I'll do I have a few trusted people I know one in particular and I will message them and I will tell them how I'm feeling mm-hmm. because it's good for them to know how I'm feeling because they've said that if I'm not feeling too good, they can tell by even my messages to them and then they get worried. So communicate with somebody how you're feeling is very important because what happens with that then is that that relieves the pressure from you to know that you've told this person how you're feeling so you don't feel obligated or you don't feel pressure to try and be this other person that day because you're afraid you're going to upset someone else. Tell them out straight. I'm not really feeling all that well today. So look, if my messages are, if I'm not communicating great with you today, it's not you. I'm just not feeling great. Mm-hmm. And it's just putting in little, little kind of plans in place like that with people. 
just takes the pressure off so much better. That's what helps me anyway. Hundred mm, percent. Yeah, I'm a real voice note person. Um, so my friends have actually told me like that I had a couple of not so great days. Um, kind of in January and in December as well, actually. And they said they can actually hear it in my voice. In my voice. Oh yeah. Yeah, so like, yeah. like I could be saying I could say the exact same thing two days in a row, but they'll know if there's something going on. Oh yeah. Between yeah, yeah, yeah. one of the days because they can tell in the way that I speak. And you know, it's totally like to me, I wouldn't even realise that I'm doing it. Mm. But they can now tell. So like that, like I'll I'll generally message people, but I'll I'll still send the voice note, but then they like they know what's going on and they're, they're like I can actually hear it in your voice. So like yeah. and But isn't like, it amazing uh, that? But that's good the fact that you have people who can tell that. Mm. Because that's just like, and that's what I mean about having the support network around you. To have people around you who can do that for you is amazing. This person I'm talking about, I'm not even a voice note. They know if mm. I send two messages in the morning, they know straight away if I'm not feeling right. They know instantly. Yeah, it's amazing. Like, like you're like, oh, you had a full stop instead of an emoji, just things like that. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> but they know because they'll ask me, "Are you all right?" And I'm like. Uh, I don't think I am actually. Do you know what I mean? But it's it's just having that support network around you. Yeah, like to me, it's just it's invaluable. It really is. Yeah, and it's like it's incredible as well. Having been someone who hit it for a long time, the stark contrast between having that support network there and you know being someone who dealt with it alone. Like when you move from not having people to having people, like it's like a whole other world opens up for you. Yeah. 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 Well, you can feel so lonely and you, and I look, as I always say, it's like if you're living in your own head for so long, <clears throat> excuse me, you've only got your own thoughts like you, to deal with. You mm-hmm. don't have this outside perspective. So if you're telling yourself one thing, you don't have an, an, an alternative voice to, of reason to say well maybe that's maybe you're not thinking right maybe that's mm-hmm. not actually true because as you always say you know your feelings aren't facts yeah so you, you don't have that because you're you're continuously telling yourself these things all the time and as i always mm-hmm. say if you continually tell yourself the same things you are eventually going to believe it yeah now like you know you have this other person going now hang on a minute you're you're a really good person like you're you've had a bad day yesterday that's okay you're not you know what i mean so they, you'll have this feedback where you wouldn't have had that before you know yeah which is amazing yeah absolutely and like there's been obviously loads of science behind this and like it's known that we have a negativity bias in our minds anyway so our minds will naturally you know there's a negative automatic thought yeah will come into our minds and we also have confirmation bias so when we think something negative, we look for validation for that thought, even if it's like the most bizarre, illogical thing. But you'll take it as confirmation. See, see, I am awful. Yeah. I am, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And if you keep thinking like that, like, is it 90 percent of our thoughts are thoughts we previously had? So if mm. you're constantly telling yourself you're not good enough, you're not this, you're not that. Mm. Like that will be the, the train of thought for a long, long time. Yeah. until you can dispute it and mm. when you're in that frame of thought your our frame of mind and, and that mindset it's going to be very hard to dispute it yourself of course it is and that's exactly what we were talking about earlier on about the social mm. media is that when you're in that headspace and you're looking for validation by christ you'll find it on instagram or social media because mm. 
you're looking for someone to validate your negative feelings. Mm-hmm. So in order, you know, do you know what I mean? And, and yeah. you'll easily find it as well. You know, of course, of course, you'll find it because that's because yeah. you want to believe it. Yeah, no, you'll, seek, just... you'll seek out that val- validation. Mm. So like, yeah. you'll probably yeah. scroll past anything that would actually dispute what you're thinking and go, oh, well, look, look at this one post that I found from. Yeah, because you don't want to be told you're wrong. Like, you, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like... Yeah, exactly. But look, here, like, the thing is, is right, is that and I had this other conversation something ages ago, and they were like, uh, kind of with my total sense, but they're like, it takes so long for for someone to retrain their mind. So, in other words, your mind is naturally programmed to think negatively. At least that's how you programmed it, right? Mm-hmm. To think negatively. And it's very hard to re or to rewire mm-hmm. your thinking to just start thinking the opposite. Mm-hmm. It takes a lot of time and it takes a lot of practice and you will always slip back. I'm still doing it now. I'm slipping back. But at, at least if you're aware that you're doing that, then, then, then you're making progress rather than just continually letting the spiral continue. Um, yeah once you're at least aware of you're doing it as half the battle because then you can kind of stop yourself and think oh, hang on a minute hang on a mm-hmm. minute and no, i'm not going down that route and that's where i am now which is great i'm not saying you don't have those days trust me i, t- I was told you this morning that mm-hmm. my anxiety has been at me recently but mm-hmm. at least i'm acknowledging it and i'm doing the things that i mentioned a little while ago to try and get out of it and sometimes mm-hmm. you just have to ride the wave but as long as you're riding the wave and going in the right direction and doing the things while on the wave that you know are productive and proactive, then at least it gives you some sort of hope is that you will get there eventually. Mm-hmm. Where before, as you're saying, it's like when you're just in that negative headspace and this, you're on this wave, it's a never ending wave. You're just in a whirlpool or as I call it, a endless spiral. <laughs> little little plug there but you know what I mean <laughs> but that's where the that's where the name came from because I just felt I was always caught in this endless spiral of going yeah. fucking nowhere yeah you know like I don't have that feeling anymore I you know so I think I think just being able to try and rewire your mind a little bit and then mm-hmm. acknowledging that you're doing that is quite important at least it was for me anyway yeah, and I suppose going back to what we said earlier, it's really about embracing it rather than suppressing it. So, yeah. you know, this is this is happening. That's a fact. It's happening, yeah. but not kind of trying to run away from it or like suppress yeah. it down because like that's not, you know, suppressing it, it might work like short term, but it's not going to work for you long term. It's not going to, you're not going to be able to run, you're not going to be able to outrun your own mental health because your mental health is part of you. It's yeah. like, you know, it's it's your own brain that's telling you these things. So you you can't run away yeah. from it. Yeah. I think that's that's yeah. a really like important thing that people need to remember as well. Because I think that like there is kind of a trend as well that like you know, oh, you can just you know ignore it, <laughs> and like it, you know, like there is this kind of for some people, it's like mm. oh, just get over it. Like you know, it could be grand. Stop thinking about it. Like, but you can't. You can't leave your brain at home when you go to the shop. You can't, you know, leave your brain mm. alone when you're going to the school gate. Like, you can't run away from it. You have to take it with you and go along with it. And when it ha- when it crops up, you're, you know, that you're going through it, go through it, but embrace it and do the things that you need to do 
to, like you said, not end up in an endless spiral of shit and you beating yourself up internally. And, you know, that will only mm. continue to spiral until like it gets out of hand completely. Yeah. And I might just, I might kind of just, um, you know, eradicate or, you know, go away on its own for a while. Mm. Great. It's happened before. But the chances of it coming back again is probably fairly high because you you haven't really dealt with anything. It's probably just passed itself because maybe something that was triggering you has just kind of gone and but something else is going to come up and trigger you and you're going to be caught in that again anyway. So I think it's been able to put things in place where you get, you're able to manage those things a little bit better. Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes it's hard as well because I'll say, for example, say for me, before a lot of the stuff was in my own head now my stresses would be more external mm-hmm. and it's just trying to manage them and not let them manifest in my head too much which is hard and it's it, i do get caught up in that sometimes as well um but at least i know that i'm trying to do things externally to improve the situation do you know what i mean look we cannot especially people who has lived with anxiety for a long time procrastination can be your best and worst friend at times mm-hmm. um actually probably just your worst friend actually it's probably not your best friend at all yeah. you know because yeah short term might seem like the best friend but yes actually, yes, actually yes. is is probably bitching behind your back yeah. <laughs> and uh, long term <laughs> yeah. is going to work against you yeah exactly yeah yeah. so Keith I could probably talk to you all day long but I yeah. just realised the time so I'm going to finish it up there and thank you so much for joining me on the Mind Your Mind podcast you're very welcome thanks for having me thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Mind Your Mind podcast if you enjoyed this episode please like subscribe rate, review or follow it really does help with getting the podcast out there you can follow us on Instagram at Mind Your Mind Pod for extra content and some behind the scenes action Talk to you next week and in the meantime, don't forget to mind your mind.